Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants me. Says I just ripped your ass. This is my Alright everybody, guys and girls, welcome back to another edition of the Smackdown Review right here on the WWE Podcast. As always, I am one of the hosts, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the Football Function Podcast. Available wherever you get your podcast. Joining me on today's episode to cover the Go Home Show for Clash at the Castle, the SmackDown that aired on September second, two thousand twenty-two, from Parts Unknown. That's at least what I gathered from this thing. I have no idea where the SmackDown took place. Anyways, joining me on this episode, uh, my co-host John Carrasco at Big Speaker on Twitter. That's B I W G underscore Speaker. John, how you doing, bud? I'm doing pretty good, man, and I'm freaking stoked for tomorrow so yeah definitely want to go ahead and get this review going and definitely get our predictions out but yeah let's get this knocked out yeah is there anything you need to touch on before like smackdown as far as like raw like did anything happen on raw that caught your eye or anything like that i know that that um suspect finish for dakota kai Mm. and eo sky to lose to raquel rodriguez and Aaliyah, that was a little bit of a head scratcher while we kind of already talked about it i feel like it was some incompetence on the referee's part you know to not know who the legal competitor was i feel like you know you get paid a pretty good amount to know those type of things i know it's obviously storyline and everything like that but still um i'm poking holes in this this is kind of what i wanted to touch on before it didn't happen on smackdown but that's just whenever i think about monday night raw that's one of the things that comes to mind i was gonna say yeah the only thing that really did pop in mind was the uh ali and uh, raquel rodriguez winning the belts i mean so I guess you could say that was like the highlight of my Raw, you know, Monday night thing. But yeah. other than that, man, 
Yeah, I was pretty stoked for it tonight, really. So I was yeah. kind of excited for the stuff that happened, everything that's kind of, you know, concluded, I guess you could say, you know. But, yeah, definitely want to get into it. Yeah, we talked about it last week, how it felt like last week was kind of like a layup for mm-hmm. this week to be a solid show, a slam dunk, if you will. And I do feel like the the show delivered for the most part. I mean, it started off 26-minute match, and we'll get into it. But uh, before we do that, I kind of wanted to just say or give a shout-out to the other shows that happened on the WWE podcast this week. The Takeover Edition mailbag, obviously, that one delivered. And then the WTFW making its return from Kanye Twitty's absence. He kind of explained where he went and all that good stuff, but they are back. So uh, you can expect the entertainment portion of the WWE podcast to shoot up now that the uh, WTFW podcast is going to be making its return. So, yeah, I want to give a shout-out to Kanye Twitty, Mr. Casual Wrestling Fan, Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan, obviously, and everybody else who's putting in the work for the WWE podcast to keep this train rolling every week but we can go ahead and dive in like you talked about this is a jam-packed show and uh, we got our predictions at the very end for Clash at the Castle so we are going to get into it like I said this one started off 26 minute match almost a quarter of the show two commercial breaks during this match so that right there kind of tells you it was a lengthy one uh the Viking rules match between the New Day and the Viking Raiders, the ring was kind of set up like a like a Viking ship. Mm-hmm. There was shields all over the ring. Uh, physical as hell. I mean, there were several spots in this match. Just let me pull out. I, I wrote down a couple of them really quickly. The Unicorn Horn Sledgehammer, number one. Yeah. Pretty cool. Obviously, it was like a little bit of like a rigged Thor hammer. Mm-hmm. So pretty creative there. Like, I want to give a shout out, but... um. That Viking power slam on Kofi Kingston on, like, the ship outside of the ring. Pretty brutal right there. Um, yeah, Ivar, Ivar is a big guy, man. Yeah. And that backflip that he hit off the top rope, that oh, moonsault. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, dude. Like, that was so beautiful. The fact that he missed. You could just tell that that takes a lot of practice for a big guy to get the comfort to willingly go up on that top rope. Backflip off like that and take that forward bump in the middle of the ring. So, I definitely give a shout-out to Ivar. He's somebody who's dealt with some pretty serious injuries. Over his career and somebody who's that size, you know, somebody who's, who's a bigger guy, it's tough to bounce back from, you know, pretty serious injuries like that, especially if you're like a top-tier professional athlete like he is. So I think he proved it right there that he has a lot more athleticism than people might realize. But uh, the double table for Xavier Woods, that was the key spot. Obviously, Kofi Kingston getting that shield thrown at his head, that was pretty brutal too. But, uh, yeah, that that uh, stacked table that uh, Xavier Woods went through, that was kind of the, the highlight for me. That was the takeaway in the Viking Raiders, obviously, home field advantage in the Viking rules match. They get the W here. What do you think about this opener? Well, man, like you said, this was a good 25-minute match and everything, a good back and forth. You know, I felt like momentum was bouncing multiple times, you know, between the two teams and everything like that. So this one didn't disappoint. I mean, it was a good way to start off the show and everything, but I just don't know what's in store for New Day now. You know, I'm just kind of confused about what happened last week, you know, with exactly, kind of yeah. like with their emotional speech and stuff like that. And then for them to, or for the vicious Viking Raiders to actually, you know, put their, what, what would they say? Like their their stamp or, well, I wouldn't say stamp, but okay. you know, whenever an animal is kind of wounded, you know, yeah. they, they want to take it down, put it down type stuff. And okay, they had said you, that. Yeah. And I was like, okay, maybe they kind of, you know, put their foot on their throat this time. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. May, maybe, maybe something's gonna happen, but I'm not ruling out a biggie surprise. I, I, I want to see him at least come back one time, at least handle one of these guys one time, just one time. Yeah. See, now that you mention it, now that you kind of mentioned the the questions that surround the new day and what they're gonna be going forward, I can't help but think about the changes that Triple H has kind of made. Since taking over and things that you feel like Vince McMahon might have been holding on to, such as wrestlers losing their first names, right? Austin Theory got his first name back. Matt Riddle got his first name back already. Several WWE superstars that got released that are now back. Obviously, the list goes on. You know, we saw Karrion Cross make his in-ring return tonight. His, his name's on that list, including like what Braun Strowman being rumored to come back. This is going to keep happening. You know, Alistair Black, I sent it to you on Twitter. He asked for his release in AEW. See, people are trying to to come work for Triple H. But one thing that I kind of I keep going back to is the fact that things that Vince McMahon seemed to be holding on to for years have kind of been thrown to the wayside since Triple H took over. And I'm just wondering. I don't know. I have no knowledge of this whatsoever. It's simply just a hunch. 
I wonder if the New Day is on that list, just the group itself, on the list of the thing that maybe Vince McMahon was the one who was keeping them together for all these years and refused to break them up. I know that they themselves, Xavier Woods, Big E, Kofi, they've all been very vocal about not wanting to split up, so I'm sure that does play into it a little bit. But I do wonder if Triple H is you know, going to say, we can get something out of you guys if we turn the page a little bit. You know, the New Day Act... Subject or objectively, not subjectively. I feel like this is something that's very obvious is that it's kind of stale. Like it really is. This thing's been going on for so damn long, man. Like I know they're kind of evolving, obviously breaking out the Thor hammer with the unicorn horn. They're getting creative, but still, you know, um, that's not really what people want. You know, that's, you know, Matt alludes to the fireworks show all the time. He compares it to like what's next, right? You want something that's going to stick, not something that you're automatically looking for the next thing. And I feel like that's kind of what the new day is is we're wondering what that next little gimmick is going to be, like whether it's pancakes or whether one of them wins King of the Ring and they're kind of leaning towards that a little bit. It's, it's always something kind of different. And just part of me wants to see how the New Day plays out with Triple H at the helm now. You mentioned it last week. They were without a doubt hinting at something losing like this to the Viking Raiders pretty fair and square. I mean, it was a you know pretty crazy match, but at the same time, you know those were the rules. And uh, the Viking Raiders were able to come out victorious. So keep just keep an eye on the New Day going forward, and we'll kind of see uh, what happens with them. You got anything else on that before we move on? Well, I mean, can't really put too much, but I kind of felt like this was kind of staged for a Viking Raiders win just because, like, you know, the the shields around the ring, the whole ring setup, I guess you could say, was kind of, I don't know, like whenever after the uh, match and everything, I was kind of thinking they, they – Kind of, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but and the home court advantage for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. I was about to say they they definitely had a advantage on this part for sure. But uh, up next we got a pretty big video package for Roman Reigns. Wasn't there five? Right, mm-hmm. it was like part one through five, all sprinkled throughout the show. This kind of is just credited to the WWE, I guess, production team, the video package people who put these things together. It's always been good. Literally since I was a little kid, that's one thing that I've always kind of you know, respect to WWE for their ability to get anybody interested in a program simply by the video package. Like, being completely honest, sometimes the video package itself is better than the actual build-up. Like, if you watched every episode of Raw leading up to a pay-per-view and you actually saw every segment, you know that, you know, there were some botches here and there. There were some things, maybe some some promos that didn't quite land as juicy timing-wise. But in the video package, they got a nice and cut-up perfect to where every single jab looks perfect and everything looks good. So it's something that I've always kind of credited them for is that they can get you really invested in a storyline or a program just simply by a video package. And that's something that, you know, they they definitely have that weapon in their arsenal. But, I mean, these were pretty juicy little stories, I guess you can say, just kind of dividing up. His two-year reign in certain parts, like I said, sprinkled throughout the show, and then it inevitably leads to the two-year celebration. But, I mean, like I said, I mean, the only thing everybody took from this, I mean, I witnessed all this stuff that they were talking about, you know, when it happened, just his whole reign as champion. So uh, the only thing I was really admiring was, man, it was nice to be reminded kind of how long it has been, actually, if you kind of just think back on where you were whenever he won that championship and how much time has actually gone by. It is pretty crazy. Uh, We don't see champions hold these belts like this very often in uh, today's WWE, but, I mean, like I said, five of them sprinkled out throughout the show, so they kept us very well reminded about Roman. Oh, yeah, I mean, there was definitely some good facts out there that kind of, you know, just me not being tuned in and everything like that, that kind of just popped out to me, and I was kind of like, it's kind of crazy to kind of just think about, like, two years, you know, like, you know, like I saw one fact, uh, like 23 defenders, you know, or... Uh, defenses, title defenses. Yeah, 14, 14 former 14, champions. Yeah. Uh, competitors. Yeah, I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was doing pretty, I, I guess you could say that's pretty solid for, you know, somebody. And then I saw another one on uh, Twitter, and it just showed, like, I want to say, like, eight matches where, you know, like, people have always tried to credit uh, Jay Uso for helping Roman win the title belts and everything like that, or retain them, I guess you could say. And some of the names that were up there were kind of, you know, some pretty big names that are, like, Okay, he's actually beat these guys one on one, so it's not like yeah this page of or this tweet is lying to us. I guess you could say you know. So I was like, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, incredible. Yeah, he has a pretty impressive resume in terms of the guys that he's beaten. Mm-hmm. You know, John Cena, Goldberg, Bray Wyatt, Ron yeah. Strowman, Randy Orton, if I'm mm-hmm. mistaken, maybe Randy Orton. I don't know if they've collided just yet. Edge, Daniel Bryan. I mean,. There's been a lot. Mm-hmm. Definitely going to get confused here and there, but... Definitely can't leave out Brock Lesnar over Oh, yeah, definitely can't leave out Brock Lesnar. Over but a year. Sami Zayn <laughs> uh, is backstage looking fly, obviously, dressed for the occasion of Roman Reigns' celebration. Him being an honorary oosh, you know that he has to represent. So we'll see a little bit more of Sami as the night goes on. Uh, keeping things backstage, Liv Morgan interrupts Shayna Baszler's backstage interview and basically just says she's going to tear Shayna's arm off. A little bit of a plot twist there. You know, you got to get in your opponent's head, kind of psych him out a little bit. You know, something Mike Tyson was known for all those years back in the day, saying some pretty outlandish things uh, to his opponent. I feel like this is kind of, you know, taking a page out of her playbook, not quite as inappropriate as Tyson used to do, but Liv Morgan definitely, you know, just kind of throwing me off a little bit there uh, without a doubt. But I'm looking forward to seeing that match. We'll kind of get to our predictions, obviously. As the show goes on, but you got anything on this? Uh, not too much. I mean, it's just kind of crazy, like the 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 eye contact that Liv, man, she does she doesn't break it. You know, Dude, it's crazy. Know. Like you see her her freaking, pupils, yes, like so clearly on the freaking. I TV noticed that too. Like, That's funny. And I, I, I take it kind of serious, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like okay. She, I mean, she could at least have a face to face without breaking, you know. So if she goes in the ring with Shannon Baszler, I mean. Hopefully she doesn't break this time or two. Oh, yeah, that's definitely a match I'm looking forward to watching. Uh, a match that happened here on SmackDown, though, Gulak, Drew Gulak versus Karrion Cross with Scarlett. Uh, one thing I noticed here was Cross's hair, just so different than what it was. The bald head looked good on him, I will say. Now, if you still are capable of growing hair on the top of your head, I personally would advise you not to shave your head bald. Uh, enjoy the years of growing, you know, your hair out while you can and enjoying, you know, having a full head of hair. So I totally understand why he's doing it. It just looks a little bit different. I felt like he was a little bit more intimidating as uh, that bald-headed guy. Do you agree with that? I do. I do. I mean, I just kind of feel like the – well, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of weird because, like, seeing Karrion Cross come in, like, behind the, you know, the video packages and stuff that like was that. was badass. He actually kind of, like, in-ring – surprised me with like his build yeah dude is pretty bulky you know so i can't really i can't really put like my twos on it i guess you could say because this is the first time actually seeing him and stuff like that but man yeah he surprised me with his build at one point he was very much uh credible enough to be in the conversation for somebody that can maybe match up with roman reigns obviously it's been a long time he's been released since then come back had a lot of different things happen with his career um but at one point i do know that he was pretty you know pr- getting pushed pretty hard mm-hmm to to say the least and you know i showed you that video of adam cole absolutely dismantling him on the mic whenever they were in nxt during their program so it's one thing i will say listeners out there if there's anybody who hasn't somehow seen that video of adam cole going at it with um carrying cross on nxt just it's just a little promo but man adam cole just chews him up and spits him out and it's very impressive and I'm not really an Adam Cole fan at all. So that's something that uh, if I'm giving him a compliment, you could definitely, you know, it's coming from a genuine place. But anyways, he chokes out Drew Gulak here pretty damn quick, carrying cross that is. Hopefully he gets more momentum. He does send a little bit of a message to Sami Zayn later on in the show. We will get to that. So we're not quite done with uh, carrying cross just yet. But up next was a pretty interesting segment. 
I don't know how you feel about it because I know you're not too high on Ronda Rousey, but man, this segment right here was pretty damn, I guess, eye-opening because I didn't really expect it. I really didn't. But we'll just get into it here. Ronda Rousey comes out to the ring with a letter from WWE Global Headquarters, and then Adam Pearce comes out. And, uh, well, she basically calls him out. You know, she makes him come out. And then he kind of clarifies that whatever is in that envelope, it's never been personal. And he was just doing his job. I think he kind of contradicts himself a little bit with some things he says after that. We'll get into it, though. Um, she makes him read the letter out loud. And it basically says that her behavior has never been criminal. And since she's paid her fines on time and everything like that, that her suspension is officially lifted, although she will still be on probation or something like that. It was worded weird. <clears throat> Excuse me, Adam Pierce even kind of stumbled through that part. But he does make it very clear that if it was up to him, she would have never been suspended. She would have been fired. Uh, so he does not hold back there. He kind of gets on a soapbox, or a soapbox after that, and he vents a little bit. Talks about how big of a pain in the ass his job is. Basically just saying, you know, I mean, he lets it all out. This is something that you can tell has been building up for a pretty long time. I mean, probably, you know, he probably had all these flashbacks go through his head, like him getting knocked out by, I believe it might have been Braun Strowman, like when he got hit in the top of the head. Whenever he got, I don't even know what happened. Somebody slammed him and his pants ripped like right down the middle. And you could right, like, yeah, that was that was an interesting segment too. So, I mean, there's definitely like, if there was like a flashback reel of everything that happened, that's happened to Adam Pierce over the past couple of years, you can understand why he ends up going on this rant. But, um, he ends up telling the crowd to shut up. I mean, that's a heel move right there. That's what people do in a heel turn, but they've never done that. They go out to the ring, and they go crazy, and they suddenly tell the crowd to shut up. That is a heel move. So if he's turning to a heel authority figure, that's that's badass. The best general managers, the best authority figures are always heels. Eric Bischoff's the best of all time, in my personal opinion, but um, it's just it's something that adds to the product, in, in, in my personal opinion. I hope that that's the direction that they're going there, but he does make it clear that he does not have a problem with the board of directors. He only has a problem with Ronda Rousey. He says that they call her the baddest woman on the planet, but that's not her name. In fact, he says that uh, to him, she is the single biggest bitch he's ever met. And that was mic drop right there. She kind of gets pissed off, obviously. kind of back. He's realized, oh, man, I shouldn't have said that. She slams him down, you know, possibly facing another fine, another suspension. I don't know if we're putting her hands on an authority figure But it's like what Caleb said while we were watching this live. Like, you know, she wouldn't have got her. Adam Pierce had a point, and she couldn't have responded like that until the very end when he took that shot. You know, like, that's something that I feel like she has that in her back pocket. If they try to get her in trouble again, like, hey, you call me a bitch, you know? So, you know, take that for what it's worth. Well, I mean, I really can't say that was, like, the worst thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've heard Rhonda call... Plenty of people, bitches in the ring and stuff yeah, like that, you know. So I, I can't say that she's going off the wall for this, but all I gotta say is Adam Pierce deserves a freaking round of applause for this because he freaking this was a stamp of my night, I guess you could say. Just yeah. because, gosh dang, like you said, it, it, it was unexpected. I did not expect him to say shut up, you know. So that was definitely a big eyebrow raiser, I guess you could say. But gosh dang, man, this. Uh, for me to hear Adam Pierce like actually like address somebody like that, man, he hit it. I'd say that's like probably a plus in my book. It's the best he's ever done in WWE. You but, know, that's that's the best he's ever done in my personal opinion. He finally showed some emotion, mm-hmm. not some. It's official. This match is whatever he's been known for. Yeah, he actually showed that he's got a, he's got a pair. You know, he's got some lead in his pants. It's like to see stand up to her a little bit. So yeah, shout out to Adam Pierce. I agree, he definitely deserves a round of applause there, or maybe some flowers. Go yeah. ahead. He's not he's not going to get no flowers from me, but and I don't even know how long this is going to last. I'm going to tell that dude, thank you, every day on Twitter from here on out. For going off on Ronda? J- just because he said that nobody comes and tells me thank you. Oh, okay. I'm going to be one of those people to say thank you for that last night yeah. or this night, I guess yeah, you could say. Definitely. Thank you very much for that, for sure. You got to add in. But you said mm-hmm. you're not going to give him flowers. Uh, Sami Zayn did get flowers. Mm-hmm. Some black flowers. Some thank you. Apparently, they were from Roman Reigns. That's what the person said, right? When he walked up. These are from Roman Reigns. So, Sammy, of course, he grabs them. He smells them. He's you know looking at it. But there's a note there that says TikTok. Mm-hmm. And who the hell says TikTok? One person. Karrion Cross. That's right. And the flowers absolutely reek, according to Sammy Zane. He smells them. You know, he just has that look on his face like somebody just, 
you know, ripped one in his back seat and the windows are up. That's just kind of what it is. You know, he has that, you know, stank look on his face, but you could definitely attest that, uh, that compliment or that nice gesture of giving the flowers to, to Karen Cross. So clearly has his attention still on the bloodline by, you know, sending those flowers to an honorary ooze like Sami Zayn. But uh, moving on here, we got a tag team match. Hit Row versus Maximum Male Models. Los Lotharios come out, or Los Lotharios, sorry. Um, they're kind of just, you know, trying to distract Hit Row a little bit. B-Fab kind of does a little bit of like a drop kick mm-hmm. between the bottom two ropes. That, I guess, eliminates Los Lotharios for a little bit, but they don't go away completely. Although, I mean, Hit Row wins this thing pretty decisively, right? They get the win. It's pretty simple. They're the ones that were in control of this match for a majority of it. It wasn't very long, but enough to kind of showcase the two wrestlers that were in there. And uh, after they win this match, all hell breaks loose. And it's kind of like a four-on-two. We get Maximum Male Models and Los Lotharios kind of doing a little bit of a beatdown on a hit row. And then obviously the Street Profits come out to kind of save the day, even the numbers. And the baby faces are the ones left standing in the ring. What do you think about the uh, the Hit Row versus Maximum L Models tag match? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I mean, for this to, like, finally happen, I guess you could say, like, it kind of it kind of gave me what I was looking for, I guess you could say, you know, like, all the, like, moving pieces that have been, you know, backstage and stuff like that. It kind of feels like it's all starting to come together. So, I mean... I guess I can say, like, I'm starting to feel for it a little bit. But then again, I'm like, maybe we should just kind of move without the uh, Marseille and then um, Mansoir. You know, maybe just because it feels like they're trying to bring in Los Lotharios just a little bit too much, you know. And then, like, I guess, like, that's, like, the the two that, like, Maxine, they look or she looks forward to you to come out and stuff like that, you know, whenever she was, like, or they were coming down, she was telling them to get in there and stuff like that or stuff. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I just feel like. Like, it's all starting to come together a little bit, but then I'm kind of questioning, like, the the Masse and the Montsworth from now, you know. But, I mean, I feel like they're doing their parts, especially, like, at the very beginning whenever he, or, I forgot who it was, Adonis. He flipped yeah. him over and, like, uh, Montsworth kind of, like, laid out in the uh, ring, like, all posing and stuff like yeah. that. So, I mean, I feel like he kind of, like, gives it a little bit of, like, character, I guess you could say. Yeah, exactly. But other than that, I, I, I'm, I'm just kind of, I, I, want, I want it to move into a... The Los Lotharios, for some reason. No, I got it. Um, see, me, the only thing, I mean, I, I was trying to get, you know, I was trying to watch this this match from a completely objective point mm-hmm. of view. You know, not have any of my feelings towards either one of these mm-hmm. teams come into effect here. And I was enjoying it, you know. Uh, Top Dalla, he runs around, he moves pretty fast for a big guy. A big guy so, yeah. yeah, it's something that you got, you have to... You know, keep in mind, especially in this match, Masse is someone that you can, you know, tell matches up with him well in terms of like a size aspect, but he's never really been smooth in the ring. That's why he's never really been able to stick with a character, or with a program or anything like that. He's kind of just bounced around, been a little bit of like a spark plug, seems to be on his last leg. So he has to, this has to work out here for him. But, uh, just the corniness, man. I yeah. just I can't get over it. I mean, I, I, the finishing move when he said, if you don't know, and then Adonis said, now you know. And they did. I, like, I mean, come on, dude. That's like, I get it. They're probably trying to, you know, pander towards the younger audience, and that's why it's, you know, me seeing it. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, this is just so childish. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's corny. That's all. I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to go on, like, a huge rant or anything like that. I've already said that it's corny. A long time ago, way before they were cut, I've said that this whole thing's corny. And I'm not saying that, like, the the whole, like, we're a hip-hop group thing is corny. It's how how much it bleeds over into their, into their characters in the ring and stuff, you know? Like, the off-mic talking and all that stuff. Like, if, if they start kicking teams' ass, like, it's one of the things. Like, if they start kicking all these tag teams' ass, then cool. You know, the, maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe it'll grow on me and I'll start looking past it. But that's kind of how it 
or I guess that's the direction it has to go for me. And I know we can't get there overnight. It has to, you know, kind of play out like that. And we have to see these matches take place. So I am going to give it some time, but I'm going to be very honest. This is one of the things that whenever I see them come out, I kind of like, oh my gosh, here we go. You know, so we'll see what happens. But uh, something I'm just not extremely high on right now. Oh yeah, I feel you. I just feel like uh, like more of an experience at this point. You know, like yeah. Maybe if the new day was like to still like stick around and stuff like that, maybe hit row kind of like jump into there. You know. Yep. I think that would be like a more entertaining because new day they always seem to like mimic uh, the other uh, teams like what costumes or yeah thing that they got going on. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of if if that was to happen, I'd be interested. Yeah, I guess it's. I just think Marseille and Monsoir, they don't have, like, the credibility to... Oh, without you know, a doubt, I, they I, don't. I feel yeah. like they're, like, like or Hit Row is kind of doing, like, squash matches. Yeah. You know? So, I, I just... I don't know right now. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't good for them, for sure, Monsoir and Marseille to get squashed mm-hmm. here. Definitely, to, to be basically just manhandled the entire match. But I will say, going into the match, if you want me to end kind of on a positive note from this segment, Top Dollar, he definitely jumped out to me. He's somebody that I was always like, yeah, he's a big guy, but... It doesn't necessarily always mean anything. I mean, there's huge left tackles. I don't know if I mentioned this on the show or not, but there's massive offensive linemen that are huge, but they're terrible athletes. Like, they're all size. That's really all it is. They have no technique. They have no skill really there. So if you're a talented edge rusher, despite being, like, what, six or seven inches shorter than them, 50 pounds lighter than them, you can simply bend and, you know, use your hands and get around them and basically run circles around them because, I mean, that's just what it is. You know, just because you're big, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm -hmm. But, um I do feel like Top Dollar definitely jumped up a little bit on my on my list from an in-ring perspective. It's just all the the whole gimmick thing that has to grow on me. But like I said, going to give it a little bit of time. Just uh, I guess I just have to see it play out. But one thing here that we're going to move on and talk about, an open challenge. Baron Corbin, he's basically talking about how he doesn't live in the past. He's talking to Caleb Braxton backstage. He's moving on. He's had a little bit of a run of bad luck, but he's a very happy man and uh you know, he's feeling good about his, you know, chances tonight, about his luck tonight. So he wants to have an open challenge. And it's accepted by Shinsuke Nakamura. And he comes out to the ring. I mean, this is an ass-kicking right here. It's not necessarily a long match whatsoever. That's why I was saying if you were to go to the restroom during this one, you likely were going to miss it. And, um, yeah, it just Shinsuke gets to win. Baron Corbin, Happy Corbin, his luck seems to be going in the wrong direction. However, he does run into somebody backstage in a... Stretch limousine with longhorn horns on the hood. There's only one person in the WWE universe that drives that limousine, and it's JBL. Uh, and th- there was a little bit of like an audio clip where him saying, what the hell happened to you, son? Get in, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. That sounded like something from WWE 2K where they just put in some terrible audio. Like, what the hell were you doing there? Clearly, JBL wasn't in that limousine. You're not going to have JBL be there and not give him any camera time. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, what, you're going to pay JBL to ride in this limousine and you're not going to show him. You're just going to have some terrible audio clip. That's my only criticism from the segment. I want to see what happens here. Because how many times have I mentioned it? I don't know if I mentioned it to you directly on the show, but if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, you know that I've mentioned JBL as one of the greatest character changes of all time, going from Bradshaw and the APA, just the mid card tag team. To one of the top, uh, the top hills on SmackDown, he was literally in my top five, wasn't he? My SmackDown superstars, I believe he was. But anyways, uh, so having Corbin get paired with JBL is interesting. If they are going in that direction, I don't know why they would randomly have him pick him up in a limousine. I mean, he seems a little bit down and out. This seems like something that they would do to kind of give him a boost. Maybe give him, give him another character change, kind of similar to what JBL did. I don't know, man. It's something that I'm definitely I'm interested in. For sure. And other than the Pat McAfee program that Corbin was in, I haven't really been interested in anything Corbin has been doing since he was bum-ass Corbin, you know, going from town to town with absolutely terrible luck. And uh, had his hair growing out and all that stuff. That was pretty interesting from like a week-to-week basis. So if he gets paired with JBL to kind of see what, you know, type of character change can come from this, I would be all for it. Well, I mean, I can... I, don't, I mean, I don't know what to say about Corbin, actually, man, because it's been like just a roller coaster, yeah. you know, and I feel like I, I feel like we're still on that same path right now. Like there's no like ascending, you know, there's no decline for him at this point. But I do like that Shinsuke, you know, he was still he he, he accepted that 
open challenge, you know, keeping himself relevant and everything like that. But yeah, I am kind of excited to see where this leads to. You know, I am curious about who that could have possibly been, you know, behind that voice or in the limo, I guess you could say. But yeah, just got to see how that goes. Yeah, it was just something that I noticed that was terrible. If you closed your eyes, you would have thought it was a video game. And I, that just actually reminds me, I don't know if you've seen any of the tweets that have been going around from that account of like random wrestling video games without context oh, yeah. or something. Yep. Some of those clips, some of those are pretty <laughs> funny, dude, honestly, but uh, definitely. I've enjoyed some of those. That is true, man. Another thing I enjoyed, a little bit of an appetizer for what we're going to get tomorrow night for the Intercontinental Championship. We get their right-hand men, their lackeys, for lack of a better word, Butch versus Ludwig Kaiser. In a very physical match, like I said, these two NXT UK, they've gone at it several times. They have a lot of history together. So the fact that they're going at it right here, right now, whenever, you know, WWE is in the UK, they're in Cardiff, Wales. They've said that a million times. Um, you definitely have to uh, have to give a shout out to these guys, give them the spotlight here. You know, they can both go. This was one of those matches that you just, you know, some of the, some of the shots were a little bit... I, I, I don't want to say they were stiff, but they looked more real because of the chemistry and the experience that these guys have together. Like some of the shots, I was like, holy, you know what? Like they're actually beating the hell out of each other. But um, it does end with Butch hitting a bitter end after nearly breaking Ludwig's fingers. And then we get a little bit of an intense face-off between Sheamus and Gunther outside. And they kind of get in the ring. They almost go at it, but Ludwig says, nine! And stops him. He actually says it several times. You know, tries to get him, you know, to stop going at him and all that stuff. Got to save it for tomorrow. But yeah, I'm definitely I'm looking forward to this Intercontinental Championship match between uh, Sheamus and Gunther. Oh yeah, these two D's, they're definitely gonna put a pounding on each other. So yeah, tomorrow I'm definitely ready for that. Not gonna get my prediction yet, but yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, for me, me to see Butch come out with you know like new gear and stuff like that, his hair down and stuff like that, it kind of like. Okay, you know, he's trying to he's like He's going back to Pete Dunn. He, he's trying he's to not yeah, going to be Butch. Build anymore. some character and stuff like that. So, I'll, okay, I mean, I don't know if the music was new or not, but that was something new to me, I guess you could say, you know, hearing it and everything, but I don't know, man. I'm kind of confused on who's actually the better competitor in this, you know, cuz they were like you said, they were both going at it, especially whenever Butch kicked uh Ludwig in like the like side of the face. Yeah, you know, I was like Oh my gosh, bro! That, that it looked pretty nasty to me, but I don't know, man. I think uh, you got to say Butch is the better guy. I mean, just yeah, tonight, just just because he won, yeah. I guess you could say yeah. But I mean, Ludwig, he's put on some matches that he has, impressed yeah. me and stuff. So I mean, I can't really put it past Butch. I mean, I've only seen him, you know, being this little feisty dog that yeah. they <laughs> keep on a leash. Yeah. I guess you could say, but yeah, man. I mean, the, the, this was pretty good from to, uh, to me. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match without a doubt, and like I said, this is only an appetizer. This was oh, yeah. the this was the side salad here. Yeah, and then touch one one more thing. I think, man, I don't know what it is, but uh, Gunther he's losing those like stare challenges. He seems intimidated. You know, I I, I don't know what we'll it is. get into that. It's it, it's just body language, the his facial expression whenever they're looking at each yeah. other. I I just think he's losing the uh, the face offs. Yeah, that, that that that's that's it for right now. Yeah, I am looking forward to talking to that match, which is the stake, like I mentioned, mm -hmm. in terms of like this match that we got tonight being the side salad to this whole entree, this whole program. It's going to be juicy. But uh, talking about side salads, that kind of just reminds me of, you know, obviously the office, Michael Scott, whenever they're interviewing, or I guess they're talking to that fake salesman. They think he's a member of the mob. So Michael Scott, Dwight, oh, and yeah. Andy go eat lunch with him. And Michael Scott says, I want a side salad. If the salad is on the top, I will send it back. You know, like it was just one of those one of those funny moments, and it kind of just reminded me, as I said, side salad. It made me think of that. Uh, the salad's on the top, I'll send it back. If you're an Office fan, you likely know what we're talking about, and if you're not an Office fan, go piss off. All right, anyways, but anyways, we can go ahead and move on. Uh, you should definitely check it out, though. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, you know, obviously, don't piss off. If you're not an Office fan, but we cannot re recommend it enough. Oh, man. It's yeah. a it's a glorious show. It's life changing. Literally, I love their show. But mm -hmm. anyways, we can go ahead and talk about the main event. Roman Reigns uh, championship celebration for two years that he's been the universal champion. He's been the unified, undisputed champion for like, like what, six months now? I don't know what it is since April, WrestleMania, whenever he, you know, unified the belts. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I, I'm a, I've been a huge fan of this run. Like I said, the, these Roman Reigns part one, part two, part three, the story kind of reminded you 
of exactly what he's gone through, how long it's been. This is this history right here. It really is. Like, it's something I kind of think about, you know, just with LeBron James, you know, being in the NBA. Like, we're witnessing history, you know, one of the greatest players of all time. It's kind of like Roman Reigns, you know. This is a run that really can't be paralleled, at least anytime soon. So I'm going to have the belts for literally two years and be on this dominant run that Roman Reigns is on. So we're witnessing something that we're not going to see for a very long time, in my personal opinion. So I'm kind of trying to soak it up and enjoy moments like these, these milestones, like hitting two years, like, you know, hitting 500 days back however long ago. Now, you know, creeping up on a thousand days. Definitely a, a juicy, a juicy thing that WWE's had going for them. It's, it's really, you know, it's carried the show at, at some points. And it's been one of the things that has kept WWE, you know, pretty relevant and able to hang their hat on a, I guess, a program and a character and a storyline that really doesn't come around very often. So I, I give them a shout out for milking it going this long. I do feel like, you know, unifying the belts was kind of like a, it was a risk, you know, because you, you complicated things. You added mud to the water. You know, you, you made the the anniversaries seem a little bit like with an asterisk, you know, like now it's not just very clear what the anniversary for. We got to say specifically as the universal champion since he turned heel, you can't just say, you know, as champion because, you know, the WrestleMania date kind of comes into effect here. And now it kind of compli- complicates things like, well, is he ever going to lose just one of the belts? I wonder how they're going to handle this. It makes things kind of weird, but they've been able to do it for, like I said, however many months since WrestleMania, they've been able to make it work with only having one top champion on both shows. So um, I understand the logic behind doing it, but it is a little bit difficult to uh, to keep everybody happy in these situations. There's always going to be fans that want to see the belts get split up again. There's going to be fans that are like, no, we want to see Roman Reigns' title run play out. If he loses one belt, he's going to lose both. That's kind of, you're either on one side or the other. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle where I'm not like super like, oh my gosh, I need Roman Reigns to win, but I want it to make sense when he loses. You know, this is a meaningful title run here. You can't just have anybody beat him. Has to be an up-and-coming star. Uh, we'll get to our predictions here in a little bit, but that's just kind of where I'm at on that situation. Um, but I guess we can kind of just talk about this tier celebration. I just wanted to give a shout-out to Roman and kind of just say, uh, you know, how, I guess, appreciate how impactful this run is that he's had over the past couple of years. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say it's been a good, you know, story since I've been watching and everything like that. And it's crazy for, you know, like the people that he's actually, like, already faced, you know, and kind of... I wouldn't say squash, you know, because, of course, there has been some help with uh, Jey Uso bloodlines here and there. But I don't know, man. I mean, th- th- this is about to get juicy. I mean, I I, I, I don't I, I don't know what to say right here. If the uh, if the Usos lose their belts, that's whenever Roman starts losing his. That, yeah. that, that's my prediction on things. That's that. actually so. No, no, I was going to say, that's actually what Casual Wrestling fans said in the Mm -hmm. TakeOver edition of the mailbag, where he pointed out the people that believe Roman's going to lose his titles, like, do you forget that the Usos still have the unified belts? Are you really going to, like, let Roman lose his belts first? Mm -hmm. No, you're not. You know, it's it's just one of those things that that is a little bit of, like, a, I guess, a cheat code right there if you're trying to predict the show. Like, no, it ain't going to make too much sense, but you do kind of want to suspend your belief because of the, the possibility that Drew does have. He does have a chance to win this belt, and I guess we'll see if he gets it done. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. You know, whenever he came to SmackDown, that was his first statement, you know, that he wanted to be in the runnings for the Universal Championship at the time, you know. So for this all to, like, I guess pan out for him, you know, I mean, there there is that, that, okay, maybe this can happen, but then again, I've I've said this on the show before, you know, the goal is going to go hand in hand. Once Usos lose it, that's whenever I think Roman Reigns starts to chip off, I guess you could say. I want to say that he'll still hold on to that Universal, though. That's the thing that everybody wonders. How is it going to work? To me, unified means unified. Mm -hmm. When you lose one, you lose both. That's kind of what I take from that word. So, I don't know. There's going to have to be some type of stipulation for it to to break, you know. Because, of course, like the Usos, they're going to have to, like, let or drop one of them eventually, you know. Yep. And I don't know, man. Maybe them vicious Ra- uh, Viking Raiders are going to be coming up. Yeah, they're vicious, all right. 
Yeah, that's the only person that I can see that's actually like believable and like stepping up yeah. at this point now. So I mean, maybe, maybe, but I ain't putting it past them. Yeah, tag team division needs some work for sure. But let's mm-hmm. kind of dive into this real quick, right? Uh, Sami Zayn tries to host this celebration, this two-year anniversary. Jimmy Uso intercepts it. He basically just interrupts him and says, no, he starts talking about Roman Reigns and giving him, giving him his compliments and ultimately introduces him. And I'm thinking the music is about to hit. I literally turn my volume up a little bit. Like, all right, let's go. We're about to play this banger of an entrance song. Let's go. But we see on the Jumbotron a blacked out Cadillac pull up. At first, I was like, oh, man, that might be Drew McIntyre in there. I wasn't sure who it was going to be because that's always a little bit of a question whenever you see that vehicle pull up. Instead of Roman Reigns just coming out to his typical music. But it is Roman Reigns in that Cadillac. He gets out. He's about to make his way to the ring. And he's met by a Claymore. Gets his head taken smooth off by Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre makes his way to the ring. And he puts Jimmy Uso through a table. He spears Jay Uso through the barricade. So he just goes in to start raising hell. You know, just what you would expect from the Scottish psychopath just going out there, you know, just raising absolute hell, causing mayhem. Will he do the same thing tomorrow? That's the question, though, because that's pretty much how the show goes off the air. It's him just basically, you know, he picks up the microphone, tells Roman Reigns that he is going to win the um, the championship. The undisputed championship specifically is what he said. That's another thing about the whole unifying the belts is that's such a long name, the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship mm-hmm. should not be that long of a name. Like, seriously, I'm out of breath right now just trying to talk about it. But <laughs> anyways, I guess on that note, I mean, that is how SmackDown goes off the air. So we can go ahead and dive into our predictions here. Let's look at the card. What are we going to start with? Edge and Rey Mysterio versus The Judgment Day. I'll give you first uh, first up here on the picks. Well, on this one, man, I mean, th- this has been great, you know, following, like, the whole story and everything like that. But, I mean, I'm going to go for Edge and Ray on this one. Any, uh, I agree, Edge and Ray. Any predictions as far as Dominic Mysterio? Well, I mean, I, I listened to the mailbag and everything like that, and I've heard, like, you know, people saying that, you know, Dominic is going to get jealous of... Ray Mysterio winning with the help of Edge, you know, and that's going to be like the turn. And I'm kind of sitting back and I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe, maybe that is, I mean, true. Because like uh, whenever Edge went to go shake his hand after he had speared him, I want to say that was on Raw. And then, you know, following week he came, tried to shake his hand. He shook his hand and then pushed him. I was like, there's already tension there, you know. So, I mean, there's something that isn't clicking on that side of the ring or that side of the tag, you know, that's. That's definitely going to make yep. this blow up, I guess you could yep. say. Right, without a doubt. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm picking Edge and Rey Mysterio as well. I, I think that they are going to get the win here. I'm looking forward to that match. I haven't been watching Raw exclusively, like very detailed every single segment, anything like that. I'll catch the, the highlights and all that. But, hey, man, it's a three-hour show. Busy as hell these days. Um, SmackDown, I'll never – I will never not watch it. Even last week, we had all those hiccups – I watched it. I ended up watching it like twice, just from all the highlights and watching it in like a chronological order, just to kind of get a gauge and a feel for how the show actually played out. But um, yeah, Monday Night Raw, I definitely need to catch up a little bit on to you know see exactly what's going on, especially since you know things are starting to kind of cross over a lot more often. But let's see. Moving on here, let's talk about the Intercontinental Championship match between Gunther and Sheamus. Let's just get into it. Uh, I'll take this one first. I am picking Gunther. However, you talked about it earlier. Gunther is a little bit different with Sheamus, and that's because, make no mistake about it, Sheamus is going to manhandle Gunther too. Like, this is a physical force. Sheamus is one of the most physical wrestlers that a WWE has. His chops are very underrated, and just his shots to the chest, so I feel like he's going to want to put that on display tomorrow against the, you know, proclaimed chop god with uh, Gunther and what he does. So, I do think Gunther is going to win. He's just too phenomenal of an Intercontinental Champion. But the the possibility of Sheamus completing the Grand Slam and just his, his physicality as a wrestler playing into this and actually matching up very well with Gunther. That's what people don't understand is like, yeah, Gunther dominates all these other wrestlers, but not Sheamus. Sheamus is somebody that can handle this. And he's I, I, just, I truly feel like 
Gunther has met his match, but it's not going to be enough. And like I said, I'm picking Gunther to retain here. Well, on this one, man, I'm going to go the opposite way. Hey, man, just, oh. just because, like, okay, whenever Gunther got this, uh, or, or I wouldn't even say he got it yet, but he was saying that or no other American would carry this belt, correct? Yeah. So for him to be facing Sheamus in this is kind of like that. Maybe this is the guy that's going to kind of make this thing bounce back and forth because I wouldn't mind seeing this at least switch hands maybe one or two times. You yeah. Know? Maybe end up on Gunther at the end, you know, like one out of three type thing or two out of three, my bad. But for for this match to be coming up tomorrow, I think, man, Sheamus just has that – he has that it factor over Gunther in all aspects of this at this point. You know, just because watching and stuff like that, and it happened so fast too. You know, switching over from Shinsuke to Gunther and stuff, but they have Ludwig and then they have Butch. You know, they can kind of make this into something. And Ridge Holland and Ridge, but I don't really count him. I count him more of like a special counsel, I guess you could say, maybe a bodyguard to Butch. But other than that, man, he's just the extra guy. Yeah. But I don't know, man. I, I would like to see this at least last. A little bit longer following Clash of the Castle. I expect it to, um, you know, unless it's like a squash match or something like that. But I, I do. I really do expect this thing to kind of play out and go over even further to like Extreme Rules. I heard that might be the next pay-per-view. If it is, it seems like, you know, just with their physical nature, would fit in well with that pay-per-view. You, you uh, mentioned in that, though. I did see uh, uh, Beth Phoenix versus Rhea Ripley. Oh, really? Maybe. I did see that on a... I don't know if somebody just made the poster, but then again, that'd be cool. That would be very cool. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. In the words of Carlito, that would be very cool. I was going to say Adam Sandler. This is WWE Podcast, right? Carlito. I know. (laughs) Anyways, let's go ahead and move on. Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins. Very intense matchup here. No matter who you are, if you don't watch Raw, you've seen the stuff that's been going on with Matt Riddle and... Seth Rollins, not only in the ring, but outside the ring, outside the arena in the parking lot on via text messages. I guess you can say, you know, this storyline is heating up and it's getting very juicy, getting very personal, personal, very personal. Uh, it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. And those are the very best. Those are the ones that you really like. And it makes you feel like it is must see TV. Uh, I'll give you the floor here, though, in terms of who you're picking. Well, on this one, I'm going to go with Seth, man. I feel like uh, he's he's been losing, you know previously too many times and i think this is going to be his like redemption match i guess you could say and like you said man it's, it's personal and i feel like riddle was the one that kind of came for him first you know whenever he had mentioned uh becky lynch and stuff like that on tv and then for it to cut after that i mean i, I didn't see it you know of course i had to wait till twitter and stuff like that but but yeah man i think seth he's definitely going to get the uh overhand on this and get the w I'm picking Seth as well. I just think Riddle's kind of, I don't know what the, what's all been going on in his personal life and if he's you know going to get punished or anything like that for the, the text messages that were revealed. I don't know anything about that. So I'm not trying to speculate or have an opinion one way or the other. That's simply like, holy crap, I don't know what the hell's real mm-hmm. and what's not. To touch on, yeah, it's, it's none of my business. No, mm-hmm. straight up. I didn't leak those messages. It's one of those things I just don't even want to talk about it, but... Uh, I feel like, yeah, given everything that's happened in the past week, a pay-per-view win for Matt Riddle doesn't really seem like it's in his cards. And Seth Seth Rollins seems just like he's more likely to get the win here. So that's who I feel like is going to win this match. Moving on. This is going to be one of the better ones, though. I will say, just uh, Riddle versus Rollins. Mm -hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to watching that. Up next, we get a six-woman tag match. Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair versus Bayley and the team of Dakota, Kai, and Io Sky. Uh, I think that Bailey and her partners are going to win this one. I just feel like, you know, they're supposed to be a dominant team, though they just lost that tag team match for the titles. Um, losing back-to-back doesn't seem like it would make a whole lot of sense, and it's pretty much as simple as that. So I will pick the newly put-together, newly returned uh, heel team to get the win. Uh, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I just I, I do feel like uh, Dakota Kai and EOS Kai, they deserve like a – at least some type of celebration, I guess you could say, because they, you know, they did their thing. But I don't know, man. The Bianca 
uh, Oscar and Alexa Bliss. I mean, th- th- that's a good little group, but I don't feel like it comes together like how Bailey and her crew is. I guess you could say, you know. So uh, I'm gonna go uh, Bailey and uh, company. I guess yeah, say. it's a smart pick. It really is. Uh, keeping things in the women's division, SmackDown Women's Championship: Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. I really don't know, man, to be honest. Like, I don't feel like it would make a whole lot of sense to take the title off of Liv just yet. But, man, she has to get a legit win. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the opponent that she's going to, like, have her way with. Like, this isn't no slouch that she's about to go up against. Shayna Baszler has been very dominant. It's pretty clear who the better woman is in the ring. So, all signs tell me to pick Shayna Baszler. If I didn't have a horse in the race, like, if I wasn't somewhat a Liv Morgan fan, I wouldn't be very confident in this. But I just truly think, like, WWE creative, they want Liv Morgan to... They want the fans to stay behind her. They want to continue to build her up as a credible champion. I know a casual wrestling fan will never in his life say that she's a credible champion, and I, I'll, I'll agree with him. Right now, she is not credible. Like She hasn't gotten a legit win. She was on a losing streak before she ultimately won the Money in the Bank briefcase, cashed it in that same night, had the advantageous spot with Ronda Rousey where she ended up winning. You know, So give her credit where it's due. But winning time after time and defending that championship is a whole nother story, especially against somebody like Shayna Baszler. And if you're asking me if I'm confident Liv can beat her, it's no. But I just feel like some way, somehow, she's going to get it done, whether it's like a roll-up or something like that. I don't know. I mean, even her last win against Ronda Rousey, technically she tapped out, right? At SummerSlam, wasn't that, wasn't that mm-hmm. the time that it happened? So, ay, 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 I don't know. But I am probably going to roll with Liv because I don't have the cantaloupes to pick Shayna. Well, I'm going to agree with you on this one as well. I'm going to go with Liv. Um, Just because I feel like at this point, this is what they're trying to do. They're trying to make her feel as if she is the dominant force, you know, the person that should be holding this belt. Of course, uh, you know, like you said, she did have the tap out, submission, whatever you want to call it, at the same time, you know. But for for it to be transitioning to Shayna Baszler, like they put her up against Ronda Rousey and she got the win. You know, now they're going to put her up against another dominant force in Shayna Baszler. And then if this can possibly happen, like you were saying, in some way, somehow, I think that it's going to actually, like, change that. Perception? That, oh, well, perception, that belief or credibility, I yeah. guess you could say, to, okay, maybe Liv can win, but in not a traditional way. Yeah. I guess you could say, you know, like maybe. Actually, I don't even want to try and put, like, any thoughts into this i just want to see how this plays out and if she can do this i'm all for it if she struggles through this this is where it's going to start going like more downhill for me yeah she's going to struggle i I know that it's just i'm not even confident she's going to walk away with the win but i am going to pick her just because like i said i mean i'm a stooge and a sellout and you know i ain't gonna you know go out on a limb on this one in particular you know call it what it is yeah just go with the favorite i guess you could say i mean if we're putting money on this Oh, yeah, Shane Baszler all day. Well, I'm going to stay with the favorite thing. <laughs> I don't know. But for the no. next match. Oh, okay. Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns gets to win. This ain't the time. This ain't the place. I have all the respect in the world for the Scottish psychopath, but I don't think that now's the time. I agree. I just think that Roman Reigns is too much of a force, and as much as Drew McIntyre is worthy of being the champion and capable he's just running into a buzzsaw right now a storyline that's still being written and it's something the casual wrestling fan pointed out about uh it's not drew mcintyre's fault or i guess it's not our fault that his timing and his story his character arc peaked in the pandemic but it is what it is his story had to be told and that's kind of where it ended up happening but like i guess kind of the way i look at it like with drew mcintyre is he does plant that flag for you know leading WWE through the pandemic and basically being that superstar that uh that was treading I guess uncharted waters. You know, somebody that WWE's never been before without crowd, like without fans in the crowd and without traveling to different venues, you know, staying in the Thunderdome and all that stuff. And Drew McIntyre was the top guy for that whole era. So um I guess, you know, if you're going to hang your hat on that, then you got to take it for what it is. And you got to just, you know, accept the fact that that's when your championship reign came. You know, if you're going to be the pandemic guy, this is, a, this is a version of, I guess, having your cake and eat it too. You know, being the guy who led the WWE through the pandemic and also getting this championship reign. And I know somewhat it is apples to oranges. Like, you can have both. You really can, you know. But 
I just don't think it's Roman Reigns. If this championship was on somebody else, maybe. If it was on Bobby Lashley still or even Brock Lesnar, I think that Drew McIntyre could take the title off of Brock. But um, Roman Reigns, man, it's it's not the time. It really isn't. I agree with that. I'm going to go with Roman Reigns as well. Like I said, man, it's going to have to take something big for it to actually happen. You know, Roman lose the belt and stuff like that. But for Drew to be getting his, like, video packages that he had on Raw, you know, kind of given, like, the downfall of, like, his career and everything like that. And then, like, his, his like, coming back, you know, doing good and everything like that. I mean, it it's kind of giving you, like, the the emotion towards Drew. You know, you're, like, you're getting, like, the sentimental... Uh, connection to it and stuff like that. So they're they're doing their part to make you feel okay. Maybe Drew can possibly like put this all behind him and become victorious. Yeah. I guess you could say. But like I said, uh, I I don't see it going off or coming off Roman at this time. I just see like it's going to be a big picture, big big blow up. Yeah. I think whenever this happens. But yeah, for right now, I mean, yeah. Definitely not the time. If Drew wins, it'll be like a WrestleMania moment. The pops, oh, yeah. the pyro, the f- everything. It'll be huge. Yep. Like I really think that this could be one of the bigger moments of the year if Drew actually wins. But the only I thing just don't see it happening. Man, it's just that it's in the UK. You know, yeah, like, that is that, that, that's like where it's all like j- just the story behind like this mm-hmm. whole is what's making Drew McIntyre more believable in my eyes. Yeah. It's interesting, man, to say the least, but that is the card, Clash of the Castle, and this was the SmackDown Review, so definitely thank you guys. Episode 98, since I have been doing this, John's been with me here for a good chunk, pretty much the whole 2022 calendar year, so mm-hmm. definitely want to give a shout out to him for everything he's done and his contributions, definitely improving on the mic, noticed it, I'm sure you guys have as well, uh, getting more comfortable here, and me as well, I'm loving being able to break down SmackDown for you guys and obviously, you know, coming into my or creeping up on my two year anniversary being here on the show. It's September 2nd when we're recording this. October 2nd, 2020 is whenever I recorded my first SmackDown review. So right here around 23 months that uh that I've been doing this and it's been it's been a hell of a ride. It's been fun as hell, man. I really do enjoy this. I enjoy coming here every week obviously being part of this relay team like i reference it a lot for the wwe podcast getting all these episodes dropped but man just it's so fun getting a chance to just talk wrestling and uh, have all these people that you know love it you know they love wrestling so it's not just like it's falling on deaf ears or anything like that like it's actually being you know reciprocated by somebody who has a passion for that same thing that you're talking about and that's really what podcasting is all about so i, I really do appreciate doing all this appreciate you taking the time with me every week knocking this out and I'm, I'm really looking forward to the pay-per-view for you know classic castle and just everything else that's still to come oh yeah man definitely uh appreciate you you know for bringing me along and everything like that first man i was so this this was something that i wasn't comfortable doing you know yeah, so like the talking and stuff like that i mean it, it was crazy like whenever first i started recording seeing that freaking red light go on and stuff like that you know like gosh dang like Nerves start coming like from everywhere, you know, popping out my hair, sticking up off my arms type stuff. So I mean, it's been it's been a good ride and stuff like that. And I do appreciate you know being a part of this, you know. So thank you for bringing me on and everything like that. And like I said, uh, I do appreciate uh, doing this for y'all every week and everything like that. And make or it's good that y'all make this a part of y'all's week, I guess you could oh, say. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like the interactions with people on like. Uh, discord and stuff like that i know i'm not in there a lot but like seeing like the their their ideas and stuff like that kind of gives me like another like thought behind a lot of stuff you know so i mean it's good to bounce off stuff i mean like i said i haven't been too active on there i've st- uh, stepped out one time too many i guess you could say and i didn't like it but yeah definitely definitely taking my turn i guess you could say but yeah definitely uh appreciate you man uh definitely want to give a shout out to the football function you know football's about to start it's next creeping Thursday. up man next thursday so yeah ready for the picks and everything like that so yeah definitely about to be a good end of the year so yeah definitely want to i guess you could say end it like that oh yeah always appreciate the shout out if you are a football fan go check out football function it's it's an entertaining podcast obviously uh we we try to have a little bit of fun it is an explicit show so there are curse like curse words that happen all the time it's you know it's, it's pretty fun environment um I, I do credit it a lot to the WWE podcast. Obviously, this is where I grew my wings. This is where I got my feet wet in the podcasting industry. Matt has helped me out so much. Like that's why I feel like I'm I'm really like 
I truly feel like I'm like forever indebted to him for almost like pushing me off the diving board in a way without him even knowing and uh, getting me to, you know, get started on all this. So I, I appreciate it. But Football Function is a podcast that's really grown. And I, you know, appreciate everybody that's, you know, made contributions. You know, casual wrestling fans made an appearance there. Grim Reefer, Detroit Kyle. Uh, Shout out. Yeah, Kanye Twitty is actually supposed to come on the show here pretty soon. And th- th- these are all people I want to get back on the show as well, you know, on future episodes. And anybody else, you know, if you like football, if you want to come on the show and have fun, uh, we definitely, you know, can make that happen. If you want to come on the SmackDown review and talk, you know, and review a SmackDown with us, maybe just, you know, cut it up, talk about wrestling, maybe drop a top five. We could definitely do something like that. And I'm sure Matt would have no problem with us dropping a bonus episode or something like that. So I do hope you guys all have a damn good weekend. Enjoy the hell out of all the wrestling you're going to get. Worlds Collide, I believe NXT has a pay-per-view. AEW All Out, they have a pay-per-view. And also, obviously, Clash at the Castle. So you will have your plates full as well as Labor Day weekend, man. Enjoy a long weekend if you have that. If you're blessed getting three days off, definitely take advantage of that. Soak it up and just have a damn good weekend like I mentioned. But obviously, guys, I will talk to you next week. Walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash wwepodcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.